Has the reality of summer set in? The novelty has sort of worn off and everyone's kind of settled into their norm for the summer. And perhaps attitudes are not where you wish they were. And maybe your kids are just constantly feeling bored or just constantly arguing, which by the way, boredom actually causes conflict between siblings all the time. And so perhaps you're just in that really tough season right now when kids are home for the summer and it's a little bit chaotic and frustrating because you want to be getting some work done. You want to be productive, but also you just realize that maybe that's not in the cards for you. Well, I am here to bring you some good news and some hope. I want to help you learn how to teach your kids how to manage their own boredom and how to get along with their siblings. So if you are ready, let's get started. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan. And I'm here for all you mom photographers out there feeling overwhelmed trying to raise a thriving family and build a profitable business you love. I'm a business and motherhood coach, brand photographer, podcaster, wife, and homeschooling mama saved by grace. So I can totally relate to the never ending to-do lists, endless hours of editing, and the trail of messes strewn across the floor. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to step into the role as CEO in your motherhood and your business. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, take some serious action, and embrace hard things for the sake of growth, then you're in the right place. Hey mama, welcome back to the show. I am so, so happy to be here with you today. I absolutely love hanging out with you. So thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day to hang out. So I just want to say you are incredible mama. Has anyone told you that lately? Gosh, I know from experience that motherhood is a thankless job. Like there's just so many times when I don't hear what a great job I am doing. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm doing a great job. But just reminding yourself that you're doing your best, just reminding yourself that you care enough about your kids to even seek out support, like listening to a podcast to better your family dynamics, it says a lot about you. And I want you to know that you should be so proud. And so I just want to start this podcast off by commending you and congratulating you for even caring about this topic. So I'm really excited to dive into this. I just really truly believe that us mamas need as much support, encouragement, and direction as we can get when it comes to parenting. I think that it is so hard and there's so much information out there that it can sometimes feel really frustrating to sift through. And I hope that you'll find value in today's episode. And I hope that you are able to apply some of the things that I share with you. 
So this is a brand new podcast episode that I am recording. However, I am repurposing this from a previous episode. So if you hear some things that sound familiar, this is why. Um, But this was actually an episode that I did really close to the beginning of my journey as a podcaster. And so I do feel like I have a lot more insight and a lot more information to share. So I'm really excited to jump into this. If you missed episode 144, I would love for you to make sure you listen to that one after this. It's titled How to Enjoy Summer Breaks and Still Be Productive. And I give a lot of really great examples and strategies and tips inside of that episode as well. And so there might be a small amount of overlap in this episode, but really I'm going to just briefly touch the surface and I'm not going to dive deep. So if you want more of a deeper dive on that, just head to episode 144 after this. But I really want you to kind of grasp this idea before we dive in. If you fail to plan for your summer, then you plan to fail. And I don't say that to discourage you. I'm just saying that because in truth, that is the reality. That's typically what happens. And it's so important because I feel like we often neglect to plan things when it comes to our personal life. Like you might have been listening to the podcast for a while and you're feeling really confident at planning for your business, the business side of things. I really have a big emphasis of productivity, strategies, time management for photographers in relation to their business. But this idea of planning for your personal life might feel new, even though I do touch on it on the podcast. I don't, I don't always dive super deep into it. So I just want you to kind of grasp that right now. I want you to sort of let that settle in and and ask yourself, how are you planning for your personal life? Do you feel like you just wing it? (laughs) I know that's how I tend to operate. Because I am so organized in my business, I sometimes don't want to be super structured in my personal life either. But here's why I think it's important. Because our kids need an example to follow. And flying by the seat of your pants is really not the best example of how to live life. Because we all know that there are things that have to get done in life. It's just a fact of life, right? Might not be a fun fact of life, but it's something that we have to teach our children. And spontaneity is such a great thing. And I am all for that. I love that. But if you don't have the fundamental things taken care of in your family, you will always feel overwhelmed. You will always feel like you're dropping the ball. And it's only because you don't have a plan. And so I think it's really important that you make a plan with your kiddos. So that is my first tip for you. Now, I know that if you have kiddos that have been in school full time and they're home for the summer, that typically they get a break, right? They are like, okay, I, and you want to give them that break, right? You're like, you've been working so hard all year. I don't want to create a bunch more work for you during the summer. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that summer has to be 
you know, this big, long, drawn out list of to do's around the house, I am saying that it's important to have structure. Because especially kids who have been in school, they are used to that structure. And when they are home for the summer, it's pretty much it can feel like a free for all if you don't have a plan in place. And I really think that it's important to include your kids in this plan, because if they have had a chance to participate in creating the plan, you're going to get more buy-in on them executing that plan and being interested in this plan. And so I did talk about this a bit in the episode 144 that I already referenced, where I talked about like creating theme days and, you know, brainstorming some ideas of things that you want to accomplish during the summer. I don't know if I mentioned it this way, but I think it's fun to create like a summer bucket list and sit down with your kiddos once a week and be able to kind of plot out some of those things like, oh, you guys want to go ice skating? Like, let's go do that. We have indoor ice skating in Arizona because it never gets cold enough here. So maybe that's not a thing where you live, but stuff like that. We buy um, what's called a pogo pass. And so it has a lot of fun indoor activities for us to do in the summer. And so it's, it's, obviously important that you plot those out and decide when are you going to go do those fun things. Maybe you want to have, you know, play dates once a week. Plan out those play dates. Have your kids even send the text message to the parents. Like this is a really awesome opportunity for you to help your kids be a part of this planning. I don't think that it has to be just you. And if your kids are younger, I mean, you'll just have to modify this a bit, but there are still so many things that they can help with when it comes to making a plan. I personally think anything that you can do that is like repeatable, like, you know, we go to the pool on Mondays, we go to the movies on Tuesdays, like if you can kind of create a sort of um, rhythmic system based on the day of the week. That way you don't have to come up with new ideas every single day and it gives the kids something to look forward to. I think that's such a great idea. So making a plan is something that is really important. And the other thing that you can do as well is just creating little time blocks, you know? So if your kids wake up, let's say at like seven o'clock, maybe from seven to seven thirty, they're doing that quiet time wake up boundary that I talk about a lot on my podcast where they're just going to play quietly in their room. And then at seven thirty, you're going to come, everyone's going to come to the kitchen and you're going to start the breakfast process. And then maybe you, your next rhythm is you're going to clean up breakfast and everyone's going to go pick out one book that mom gets to read. And then everyone comes to the couch and you start your morning routine reading books that the kids pick. And then maybe next you're going to have a block of craft time. And so maybe you're going to pull out a craft to do. And again, if you're going to do this daily, you can have your kiddos take turns planning the craft activity. I mean, Pinterest is a great search engine to find crafts. And so it's really, really helpful to have your kids, as I mentioned, take ownership in this and help plan. And then so on and so forth. So maybe there's quiet reading time. Maybe they are working on, you know, a organization project in the house. So I know for my kids, we have a cubby that is above their shoe locker. And it's kind of like a dumping ground for anything that needs to be put away. And so maybe that organization project is going to be to empty out their cubby and go put everything away. Maybe they have, you know, stacks of books all around their room. Maybe they're going to focus on just putting away their books, right? So there are little things that I think 
that you can incorporate that are helpful, but doesn't necessarily feel like hard work. I know that some of my friends also like to do a little bit of learning during the summer so that they don't lose some of their, you know, math skills or writing skills. And so they'll do a little bit of um, school with their kids during the summer. We actually homeschool, and so we do school through the summer, so that is part of our routine. I just think it's important that you have something, um, some sort of rhythm and routine so that your kids kind of know what's expected. Now, of course, you get to veer off if you want to, right? If you decide like, hey, let's go take a day trip, you can totally skip the outline structured routine, right? That is the beauty of the flexibility of being home with your kids. But just having sort of a fallback plan of something that you can count on is really important. Okay, so now that you are thinking about this plan, I actually want you to write it down. Actually do this with your kiddos because just hearing this information is not gonna change anything for you if you don't apply what I'm teaching you. Okay, so tip number two is going to be to brainstorm ideas with your children. So this is a little bit different from coming up with like the activities to do. This is more so like what can they do when they're home? You know, that really frustrating, I'm bored topic that comes up multiple times every day, every hour during the summer. The reason why your kids are bored could be, number one, they don't have the structure. So once you get the structure in place, I guarantee you'll be hearing I'm bored less because you're going to, as I mentioned in episode 144, you're going to post the I'm bored list somewhere. And then the schedule that you make, sort of that rhythm outline, this is similar to the ideal week that I talk about inside of my group coaching program called The Efficient Mom photographer, you're going to want to create that system, that rhythm that everyone can see. So you're going to want to post that somewhere. So the kids aren't like, mom, what are we doing next? What's next? What's next? Like if you post this somewhere, you can just refer them to the calendar. Hey, go check on that um, calendar and let me know what's next. Right. And your kids will hold you to it. My kids do all the time. They're like, mom, it's three o'clock. It's time for us to play on the computer. Like it's four o'clock, mom, we're supposed to have outside time right now. Like they know what's coming up on the list because it's there posted for them to see. So this next tip is really focused on if you have like some time blocks in there that are like free time or craft time, like outside time, for example, then you're going to brainstorm ideas with them about what to do during those specific times. So I have a free download um, that is for brainstorming ideas of what you can do. It's called the I'm Bored Brainstorm Sheet, and you can grab it at thepurposegathering.com slash brainstorm. And essentially, you're going to pick four different areas or four different overarching um, places where your kids can play. So maybe it's in the kitchen, maybe it's in their bedroom, maybe it's in the backyard or um, or outside in general. And then maybe the other one is going to be the playroom or something like that. And then you go through and you help them brainstorm, what am I going to do in each of those locations? And I give you some more examples in episode 144, but I'm telling you what, if you take time to go through this with your kiddos and post it in multiple places, when they come to you saying, I'm bored, all you have to do is redirect them. 
be like, hey, remember when we made that I'm bored brainstorm list? Go check it out and then come tell me which one you're going to do. So of course, when you are creating this, you have to be okay with the fact that, you know, some of it might require you to get out materials. And so if that's something you don't want to do during free time, then just limit that and say, okay, guys, it's free time, but you have to pick from playroom or bedroom, because right now we're not going to go outside and we're not going to do anything that requires like arts and crafts. So routines are really important. Um, Boundaries are really important, but also those expectations of what you are expecting from your kiddos is very extremely helpful. I also want to touch on something that I call together time. And during together time, this is a great time to facilitate structured play, which will be really important when your kids are playing together during sibling time. Okay, so I just threw out three things that you might have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, Number one is together time. This means time that you are going to spend with all of your kids together. And it's going to be not I mean, you're always with your kids all together. So what I mean by this is that connection that together time is connection time. So you are doing something specific with them, you are doing something that they want to do, or you are doing something that you are help helping facilitate. So that second thing I talked about was facilitating structured play. And what I mean by that is you're giving them this sort of um, idea of what to play and you're creating some sort of structure around it. So let me give you an example. So my kids a while ago were really into animals. And during our, our together time, I wanted to create this structured play activity where they could play veterinarian. And so we went all out. We gathered up all the animals. We set up our own little veterinarian clinic. We even designed and printed little um, client cards in Canva so that one of them could be the person bringing in their animal and one of them could be the veterinarian. And then they would take turns. And so we created this really fun structured activity that I helped implement and helped facilitate and teach them during our together time. So that way during sibling time, which is basically 20 to 30 minutes per day, where your kids play together, that time, they were able to take what I had taught them and play it independently. And so that's what I mean by facilitating this structured play. And there's so many different things that you can do. Maybe it's even just like getting out you know, an old activity that they may have forgotten about and creating structure around it and saying like, hey, this is going to be our payday time or whatever. And then you get out the payday game and you teach, you know, reteach them the rules, make sure that if there's any discrepancy in the rules that you address that up front, you know, like, are we going to allow this or not, right? Because sometimes people play games differently and it's really important to set that up right away. And then during their sibling time, they can play that payday game and be like, oh yeah, mom taught us how to play. These are the rules we talked about. These are what we agreed on. And then they're able to do it independently. So I hope that makes sense. 
Another thing that you can do um, with your kiddos is to help them change the scenery. So maybe they can take a regular activity that they love and just change up the location. So we personally um, have done this in the past, but my kids used to do Play-Doh at the kitchen counter or at our dining room table. And I set up a folding table outside on the patio and my kids would go out there and do Play-Doh for hours. I'm not kidding. Hours. Like, not in the Arizona heat summers, but like when it was cooler out, they would do that. And probably now they would if I had like the splash little slip and slide set up and they could just run through that and then play with the Play-Doh. But they had never played independently with Play-Doh for that long before I took it outside. So sometimes just changing up where you do something can be so impactful. Um, Also thinking about like, just taking a game outside on a picnic blanket under a tree. And like that, again, just makes it so much more fun and it feels so different. Okay, and then backyard play. This is something that I think is important too. So instead of just sending your kids outside to have free time, right? Like go play in the backyard, kids. Give them some structured ideas. Like, okay, guys, I'm gonna set a a 10 minute timer and I want you guys to ride your bikes. And then you go out there after 10 minutes. Okay, guys, 10 minutes, you can do sidewalk chalk on the walls or on the sidewalk or on the, you know, patio. And then one more time, you go out there for 10 minutes and you're like, okay, guys, you're going to play basketball for 10 minutes. So that just gives them something to do. So they're not just like a free for all trying to think about like, oh, what do we do? Sometimes that's okay. But other times I think it's really fun to give them some ideas of what to do. Okay, so on to my third and final tip here, which is to foster positive sibling relationships. And this one is one of my favorite topics to talk about because it's so, it's just something that we all deal with and it's so hard to handle. But I want to kind of give you just a peek into why kids argue, because I think it's really important that we prevent sibling rivalry before it happens. And there are things that we can do to prevent it. And then I want to talk about handling conflict with confidence. And then finally, how to really foster sibling bonding. Okay, so let's get back to why kids argue. I think the biggest reason is because they want attention. So Have you ever noticed that before? Like when you get on an important phone call or when you sit down to work, like your kids are at each other's throat instantly. It's because they just realized they lost the most valuable thing in their lives and it's you and your attention. And so they will fight because they know if I fight, I get mom's attention. And so it's really important that we give them positive attention as prevention. So we talked about the connection time where you're going to spend, um, or the together time that you're going to spend really connected time with you and all of your kids. We talked about this in episode 144 and previous episodes as well about special time, giving each of your kids 10 minutes of one-on-one time, which I know can sound like a lot if you have a lot of kids, but I am telling you this will make or break how intentional your time is together, but also their compliance and how much they respect you. Because when kids feel loved and they feel seen, heard, validated, and important, they want to please you. They will do what you ask because they care 
about you. But if you haven't taken the time to show that you love and care about them, because attention is the number one way that kids feel loved, they will do whatever they can to get your attention, even if it's in a negative way. Okay, here's the second reason why I think kids argue, because things aren't fair, or they feel mistreated. This is a big one. Um, in our house especially. And so what we have done to address this is to create family rules for how things work to make things fair. Now, we also talk a lot about how, you know, life is not fair. Like things cannot always be fair because kids are different ages. They have different maturity levels. They have different responsibilities, right? So I even use this example a lot where I say like, you know, you guys think that this is not fair, right? And I said, but what would be fair is that this treat, for example, that you both want, that treat really belongs to me because I paid for it. So if you really want things to be fair, that treat belongs to me. And then they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, so that's fair, right? Because it's my treat and I'm actually sharing it with you. And so when you kind of put things into perspective for them that things are not always fair, but you can work out compromises. So our our example for this or the way that we combat this is if we have a treat that they're sharing or anything, honestly, that they're sharing, even a bagel, one of them gets to cut the bagel in half and the other one gets to choose which half they pick. So that is like been a surefire way for my kids not to argue about what's fair anymore, because you better believe the kiddo who's cutting is making sure it's perfect, right? And the kiddo who's choosing is making sure that they get the biggest one. And so it's a win-win for both of the kids. And so that's personally how we like to handle this, is really kind of trying to teach them that life's not always fair, and we can always come up with a compromise that helps. Okay, Third reason why I think kids argue is they feel superior, that means they're better, or they feel inferior, that means less than. And so I think it's really important that we as the parent eliminate competition and avoid comparing our kids. Now, eliminating competition can feel really hard because I know that like you you feel like you're doing the right thing when you're trying to make things a game. And I totally get that. But let me just give you an example. So if you ask your kids to clean up their bedrooms, for example, because you're like, hey, it's time for dinner, need you guys to clean up your bedrooms. Um, You know, who can do it the fastest, then you've got both kids or all of your kids competing to see who's the fastest. Number one, there's going to be a winner who is probably going to be gloating I did it. I won. I'm the best, right? And then you're going to have someone who loses, who's going to feel absolutely deflated, defeated, and dumb, to be honest, right? Like kids honestly take on the weight of the world when they don't, their brains are not fully developed and they don't understand that it's not the end of the world that they didn't win. Same with card games. My son has a really hard time losing. And I started talking to him about it. And I said, why do you get so upset when you lose? Like, do you feel like you are like, like you're not like competent enough? Like, do you feel like you just could have done more? I don't want to say, do you feel stupid? But like, that's basically what I'm getting at. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. And I'm like, 
but that's not like, and, but I'm trying to teach him, like, I understand that you feel frustrated, but games have a very, especially some games have a very small amount of strategy. And a lot of games like card games, especially are all about luck. And so I'm trying to teach him that like, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Um, but I do not ever want to pit my children against each other in a competition. We always do competition between kids and parents, because I feel like that shows them that they're on a team, right? Like there's this team environment. And I want them to feel that that bond with their sibling. And I want them to feel like they're a team and that they don't always have to earn their place in our family, because we can say all we want till we're blue in the face. I have enough love for both of you. I love you the same. Our kids don't believe it because our actions don't show it. So it's not about what we say. It's about what we do and how we eliminate that competition, how we make the team environment, how we make them feel wanted and not less than. And so it's really important that we take the competition away because there is so much competition in this world. They will get enough of it. Um, But I do like to play games with my kids and I do try to teach them healthy competition in that way. But I never pit my kids against each other. Okay, and then avoid comparing. I am so guilty of this and I'm sure that some of you can relate to this as well. Like when I was a teacher... They taught us to compliment children in the room to get other kids to behave the way that we wanted them to. So instead of pointing out, you know, some kid, I don't want to say a name in case that's your child's name, you point out some kid who's misbehaving, you would just say like, oh, Susie, I love the way that you are sitting so quietly. Thank you. And then everybody else is like, ooh, she got a compliment. I want a compliment. So now I'm going to sit quietly. And so I took that and applied that to my parenting. And I would say that to my children. But what my children were hearing was, I'm not good enough. I didn't get the praise. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to. And they take it negatively. And so I want to make sure that I am not... I'm not saying that you can't praise your kids. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm I'm just saying be very careful about how and when you're saying it. Because sometimes I think we're literally trying to rub it in their siblings' faces that this one's doing it right. But it actually creates a deeper issue because now our kid, and, and it's usually, you usually have one kiddo who is more sort of the rule follower, and you can kind of count on them more. And then there's usually another one that is more of the, I don't want to say problem child, but more of the like troublemaker, more of the one who gives you the run for your money, right? And so it's really important that you don't crush their spirit and that you are very clear with them, right? So if you see that they're not doing what you want them to, just tell them, hey, bud, I need you to sit down and I need you to be quiet so that we can get ready for dinner or whatever it is. Like be very direct. Try not to be passive and be like, oh, your sister is doing such a great job sitting quietly, you know, because they hear what you're not saying. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as her. And then all of a sudden they have this fear in their heart of like, well, if I'm not her favorite, then what's going to happen to me? So Avoid comparing altogether. 
Okay, and then the fourth reason why I think kids argue is they just haven't had enough time to practice conflict resolution with adult assistance. And this is something that I think siblings kind of go through phases in their life. And right now we are in a phase where my kiddos are almost nine and 12. And my almost 12 year old is a girl and she's needing wanting, I should say, more privacy, and she wants to do just things by herself more often. And so it's just really hard for my son because she just wants privacy. And he's like, why? Like, I just want to come in and talk to you when I want to. I don't want to have to knock. I don't want to have to wait. I don't like to hear the word no. And like, they're just having a really hard time resolving conflict. And so we have had to really step in and really help to take the time to train them and practice conflict resolution skills. Now, I'm not going to lie, this is not fun, right? This takes time, this takes energy, and it's frustrating when you're like, okay, why are you calling her a name? Like, no wonder that she just smacked you. Like, if you didn't call her a name, she probably wouldn't have smacked you. Like, that's like so simple to us. But our kids do not understand that. They just see something so black and white. And so we really have to take the time to dig deep and train them on these skills. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about handling conflict with confidence, because I think this can feel hard, especially if you grew up in a family where there was a lot of conflict, you could be feeling triggered a lot. And I just, I want to take the time to kind of just talk about this for a bit. So I think it's really important that you first assess the situation of conflict that's happening. Remember that your goal is not to eliminate the conflict. It's to facilitate a peaceful resolution. So I don't know about in your family, so I don't want to generalize that this is just a male thing. But in our family, my husband is very quick to want to end the conflict. Like, he's just like, all right, guys, can't we just get along? Like, let's be done, right? And I understand why, because it's exhausting. It's exhausting with the back and forth and the back and forth. And it's like, why do we have to repeat ourselves 50 times? But I keep trying to remind him, like, let them feel their feelings. Like, our goal is really not to end it. It's to help them work through it so that it doesn't become a thing that keeps happening. So I am so guilty of this, too. I'm super guilty of jumping to a threat of like, if you don't stop this right now, this is going to happen, or this is not going to happen, or you're going to lose this. And when we do that, again, we are trying to end the conflict instead of saying, okay, guys, let's talk this out. Like, I want to hear your perspective. And then I want to hear your perspective. And then let's, let's talk about some compromises. Let's talk about some solutions. And sometimes you can't do this right away. And that's the hardest part because we have to remain calm because they will mirror our reaction. So sometimes we need to cool off before we try to resolve. But you know what's funny? We were sitting at the dinner table the other night and my kids were arguing, literally speaking over each other. And I could hear what both of them were saying. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're fighting about the same thing. Like, pretty sure that what you just said and what he just said are the same thing in different words. (laughs) So I clarified. I was like, okay, so you're saying this. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, and Scarlett, you're saying this. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, do you realize that you both are saying the same thing? And they were like, oh, 
okay. And then they were totally fine. But it was like they were having a heated conversation and they didn't even stop to assess. And so that's our job. We're the mediator. We have to jump in and be like, okay, guys, I want to hear your side. And then I want to hear your side with no judgment. And then we're going to come up with some solutions. Okay, so the next thing I want you to do, and this is maybe if you're not in the same room, but you hear your kids like arguing, I want you to stay close and be ready to jump in if necessary, especially if this is a big deal with your kids. Then I want you to know when to get involved. Okay, so timing is really everything. Um, Obviously, you're going to want to get involved before like fighting, like actual physical fighting breaks out. But I think like your presence is worth more than words. So just staying close by, but not getting involved and not choosing sides. Because I think so often we like hear our kids fighting and we jump in and we were like, what are you doing? I can't believe you would do this. And it's like, you didn't even see what happened five minutes ago, right? You didn't hear your older child like asking them to stop five times before, you know, she punched him, right? So it's really important that you get the full scope of what happened before you start to help with that conflict resolution. And I think asking open-ended questions is really, really important. And then the final thing that I want to leave you here with today is to really focus on the lesson that you're trying to teach your children, not the correction. Because I think that can feel really really empowering to know that it's not our job to always fix everything. It's our job to help facilitate learning. And it's our job to help them figure out the skills that they will need in adulthood to deal with the conflict, right? Again, it's not just like I'm getting my own way, or I'm giving in because sometimes you do have kids that walk all over the other siblings, and you have one kid who's more compliant. And so you really that's both of those are really dangerous, the one who's just giving in to people, please. And the one who is always so adamant and angry until they get their own way. Neither of that is healthy. So you really want to help find that common ground. Okay, and lastly, let's talk about how to foster sibling bonding. So I mentioned that sibling time. I think it's really important to encourage this for at least 30 minutes per day. You might need to work your way up there. And of course, you might need to stay close by if your kiddos are younger. But it's really important that our siblings or our kids know that their siblings are the most important people in their world. Like I teach my kiddos, like you guys are stuck with each other and not in a bad way, but you get to be together. And it's really important that you learn how to get along. It's really important that we, you really do have two options. You can help create calm in the family or you can, you can create chaos. And so it's really important that uh, you are teaching your children to create that calm. And they do that when they get a chance to be together and play together. So I think it's really important also that you encourage your kids to make decisions together. So we like to use contracts where my kids have to write out the contract of an agreement that they have made, and then they both have to sign their name on it. Um, and this is really important because then they can come back to it and say, hey, we both agreed to this contract. And then if they want to amend or revise the contract, they have to do it together. 
So I talked about the one divides and one chooses rule, right? Where it's talking about splitting anything. Um, And then we also talk a lot about trading and taking turns and setting timers. So I think timers is really helpful too. So sometimes, you know, one of my kids wants to play one thing and the other one wants to play another during their sibling time. And then they start fighting over who gets to go first. So we'll do something like rock, paper, scissors to decide. And then I set a timer for 15 minutes and they do what one of the kids wants and then they switch. So it's very simple. And I just say, hey, the timer is going to tell us when it's time to switch. And then it's also, this one's really key, is creating routines and traditions for your kiddos. So having a bedtime routine that includes your kiddos together. So maybe they read together. They always say goodnight and give each other a hug. um, And let your kids come up with special traditions. My kids came up with this idea that they wanted to do a nocturnal night where they would stay up all night and play games together in their room. And they created a whole plan. And so I let them do it. Did they stay up all night? No but I told them they could, right? And so I just planned it on a day that if they ended up staying up all night, then they could sleep in, right? And it's something that, of course, I wanted to shut down because as parents, we have a really hard time sort of going back to being a kid and what it was like and always having everything planned for us from the adults in our lives that it's fun to be able to do your own thing. And so just allow your kids to have those routines and traditions that really help with that bonding. Okay, my friends, this episode ended up being extremely longer than planned. So I apologize for the length, but I honestly hope that you have found so much value and encouragement in today's episode. If you did, I would love for you to share it with a friend. And if you are not yet a part of our free Facebook community called the Organized Mom Photographer. I would love to invite you to join us there. We dive deeper into the podcast episodes where you can ask specific questions, share specific scenarios that are going on with your family and with your kiddos. And I would be happy to jump in and share my insight what's worked for me and just give you um, my tips and my thoughts about what's going on. You can join that Facebook group over at thepurposegathering.com slash mamas. That's M-A-M-A-S. It will also be linked in the show notes. I will also include my favorite parenting resources in those show notes, including a bunch of books and a blog and a course that I actually love when it comes to parenting. And this is where I've gotten all of my knowledge and information about positive parenting. And I can't wait for you to check it out. As always, mama, I am here rooting for you. And you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the purpose gathering podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You can do hard things and life is about more than just surviving. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. To become a part of our free online community and connect with like-minded mom photographers, head on over to thepurposegathering.com slash mamas. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this girl, and I can't wait until next time.